Hey everyone, this is another episode of the Business Hacktivity Podcast. Uh, for those of you who have never seen my stuff, never heard of me, my name is Mike Quintanilla. I'm the CEO and lead consultant of CNM Integrity Holdings. And I also have a variety of other businesses, but that's for another time. Um, for today, I have a very special guest, a gentleman who I uh, have done some business with and um, is one of the best in the business. And uh, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right in. All right, guys. So again, thanks for taking the time to watch this video. Um, if you found us on YouTube, if you found us on Facebook, social media, anywhere, um, thanks for, for uh taking the time to look at this content, I hope we can deliver great value to you. Now, um, I have with me Aaron Bevins. Um, I've worked with Aaron uh, maybe about a year now. I've, that's how long I've known him. Um, great guy, fantastic personality, uh, great uh, business person. And um, I'm just going to let him do the introduction because I don't think I can do justice to it. Um, so Aaron, tell us a little bit about yourself and what, what it is you do. I appreciate you, Mike, and um, I'm more than humbled to, to be here. This is It's exciting to, to be uh, a part of what you're doing, Mike, because I know you're going to do incredible things. Thanks. And, um, and just to be a part of something like this is, is really exciting. So uh, my name is Aaron Bevins, and I like to call myself the millennial entrepreneur because, um, number one, I'm a millennial. Yeah, and the reason why I, I think it's important to to incorporate that name in the brand is because I think a lot millennials they catch a lot of slack, man. <laughs> you know, for real. Yeah, and and there are some stereotypes that make the word millennial taboo. Mm -hmm. You know, they're they're. And, and by the way, what, 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 when, I, when I say millennials, what do I mean? Because I've heard multiple different definitions of what a millennial is. Yeah, yeah. This is what I say because people like to say, if you weren't born this year and this year, I don't think that millennial is necessary whenever I use the word this year cuts you off and that year cuts you off. This is how I typically, if you could play regular Nintendo <laughs> and you remember and you enjoyed it and you enjoyed yeah, it, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 you're in your your early you're in your you're in your 30s right you're in your 30s and and uh, and probably cut off around around 18 or so right? okay but um, if you remember Sonic the Hedgehog you know what I mean <laughs> you're probably a millennial and this generation is very very unique it, it it's unique because uh, a lot of us played outside but. We grew up using the internet in school. Yeah. Whereas Gen X or a lot of our parents, they didn't learn the internet until later on in adult life. We grew up with a lot of it. Yeah. We grew up with it in school. Even if the so for me the internet was coming out like really heavy when I was in fourth grade. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so and then, the and then it of, took over the days of dial up. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 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 And using it in school and actually implementing it in school. Yeah. We, um. So, so this generation has has become accustomed to an economy that is that is booming, that that where 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 anything is impossible. We like things fast, and we think completely different. Yeah. But but because of those because of a lot of our, you know these thinking types that are predominant in this in this um, 
you know generation uh, there there's some some stigmas that have come along with it such as they're entitled mm. uh, millennials are self-absorbed like the social media people right uh, millennials um, millennials are stupid right overall they don't have common <laughs> sense right and and I think and, and I'm not knocking that right and I'm and I'm not saying it's untrue okay right I'm not saying it's <laughs> untrue right but this is what I believe I believe that Patrick Bet David said it best he said tough times create great people absolutely great people cre- great people create soft kids soft kids create tough times mm. tough times create great people right yeah the key is you know as the generations are, are getting you know are, are passing you know can we can we help we're a generation of soft people man that's just what it is the great yeah. depression <clears throat> Right, created yeah, yeah. tough people. Absolutely, they raised the, the the baby boomers. You know what I mean, and and the baby boomers raised Gen X. Gen X, you could already see where people were starting to get soft. You know what I mean, and now you have yeah. now you have us, right? Um, so millennial entrepreneur. So that's why millennial. That's my whole rant on millennials okay. and, and and the stigma behind us. But the brand is to empower, especially millennials, because I think that we have a unique position in understanding this old world pre-internet yeah but being raised enough in it so we understand right um the importance of understanding it and leveraging it and using it and and using it to create right you know um so i so i want to empower that that generation you know and i think that you you have to think like an entrepreneur i don't care what it is I'm not saying you have to go buy a Bentley. I'm not saying you have to go start a Fortune 500 company. I'm not saying that. Um, I'm not saying any of those things. But in order to have an impact, um, you're gonna have to work, right? I yeah, believe yeah. to have the strongest impact. I mean, the most basic definition of entrepreneurship is problem solvers. Yeah. And like, yeah, like you said, you don't have to start a Fortune 500 company to to be a entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's. The majority, by far and large, of entrepreneurs and small business owners uh, have, I think it's what, five to eight employees at mm-hmm. most. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you're self-employed and you have a, a, a business um, or even you have one or two employees, mm-hmm. like you're still making an impact. That's yep. still technically entrepreneurship. Um, but uh, I like what you're saying about the mindset of the entrepreneur yep. because you can have a position in a job in a big company and still be entrepreneurial. Uh, and, and that's kind of needed in the workplace. Mm-hmm. I think right now more than ever, yep. um, to adapt yeah. to the changing environment, especially the technology environment, um, just cause things change so fast. I mean, we grew up with that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it went from dial up to, uh, to DSL to now we have fiber optic and yeah. it's, um, and just the speed at which things change. I mean, every year there's a new iPhone, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was almost overnight that it went from Blackberry to iPhone yeah. and it just completely changed the game mm-hmm. and it disrupted industries, created completely new industries. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's all because of having a different, way of thinking mm-hmm. so yeah i totally agree with that yeah um and now so you're you're building that brand um but when i first met you it was through the real estate space yeah. you know as an investor as a wholesaler mm-hmm. um 
How did you get started with building your brand and how does wholesaling and real estate investing kind of fit into that? Yeah, good. that's a good question, man. So the, the reason why real estate is because of the mindset behind the brand. They're almost intertwined. So the reason why the brand, you already know the millennial entrepreneur thing. The reason why I have such a a passion behind that is because I saw my mother working for somebody and I didn't. I, I knew she was worth more, mm-hmm. right? So I knew she had to work that time no matter what, right? right. That's just, that's a part of life. You have to work. Right. But wouldn't it be nice to be able to choose your worth? You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a different ball game. Now, now you're still putting in the work, but you're saying, but I deserve to be compensated like this so that I can do these more important things that don't have to do with work. Work. Yeah. So yeah. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur from the time of, you know, six, seven years old watching my mom, nine years old watching my mom. Yeah. Wholesaling real estate for me was such an exciting thing because when I learned of the concept at a rich dad, poor dad legacy meeting, okay. yeah. um, I paid $500 to, to be a part of their weekend event and then they nice. tried to upsell me for a $50,000 course. <laughs> And so I was like trying to borrow money from my uncle and stuff. Now that I, you know, it's funny now that I think about it. But um, I, I learned of the concept of I can negotiate a price that solves the problem right. of the seller that I'm talking to, and then find a buyer who's will, who's looking to invest his money. Another problem I'm, I need to solve. Mm-hmm. Who's looking to invest his money in a place that's going to make him more money? Right. So I need to present a good deal for him, and then I get to figure out my fee on the inside. So my fee is dependent on my being able to solve these two problems. And one of my personal problems was I didn't have any money, right? So I'm like, how do I solve that problem? Right. I got to solve other people's problems. Yeah. And, I, and if I did that, then I could solve my problem, right? And so that's, right. that's, that's why wholesaling real estate for me was a game changer. Awesome. And so <clears throat> you learned about wholesaling at this Rich Dad event. So it's, uh, you know, obviously it's not something you've always been aware of or mm-hmm. that you've always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Growing up, what was that thing that you wanted to do? Like, who did you want to be growing, growing up? up? And and like, how is that? How is that different from where you're at now? Growing up, so so it's funny, man. Each each phase of my life, and I'm appreciative for each phase. You know what I mean? Because each phase have has contributed to who I am now in my right, trajectory right. now. But I would say from the age of I don't know ten. To like 16, I wanted to be a rap artist. Yeah? Oh, man. I just knew <laughs> I was going to make it. In fact, in fact, uh, Music MySpace was, when Music oh, MySpace yeah. was, was popping, bro, we, we would drop music and we would get hundreds and thousands of, of plays. And for us, that was like, well, we're killing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I decided from that that to, to get more involved in my ministry. Okay. You know what I mean? So around the age of 17, that was my main focus. And and even now, that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. That's my purpose now. You know what I mean? To be in the ministry and to be able to educate people in that way is absolutely incredible. Awesome. So, so real estate. But I will say this. So, <laughs> so look. So look. 
with, with when I was pursuing music, and we were heavy in this. We were heavy in this. Yeah. I was working with producers from California, New York. I started working with a producer. In uh, in fact, I worked with the producer. There was a song by Drake and and the game that came out came uh-huh. out called A Hundred. Okay. Right. It's a hundred. Right. And um, the the producer for that song, Johnny, Johnny Giuliano, I had worked a track when I was first starting to do music, and Johnny Giuliano, he was popping in Cali, man, and and uh, I got a beat from him. I actually stole the beat from him. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, <laughs> I stole the beat from him, and and we dropped a few tracks that became like San Antonio's like popping songs wow. in, in my high school. You know what I mean? And on and on music music MySpace, but we used to we used to. Um, do little ciphers uh-huh. and rap battles, yeah. right? And it was incredible to me how some some of these kids, I mean, their vocabulary was crazy, right? These were kids that came from the gutter, right? Mm-hmm. These are kids who didn't you didn't expect you did not expect for them to be intelligent, but they had a gift. And man, so the goal was, I'm gonna tear you down, right? But I'm gonna do it in the most articulate way. I'm gonna use synonyms, f- figures of speech, mm-hmm. plays on words. Here's the catch to the beat. Yeah, yeah. Right? And uh, so to be involved in that culture was incredible. And to learn how to hype a crowd. That's where I learned how to hype a crowd, man. Yeah. You know, because if you didn't come with certain energy and you didn't come with confidence in what you were saying, man, you were going to get eaten up, man. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know that about you, that you were in that in the in the rap and music space. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually really, really interesting and funny because, like, um, our stories are not, like, that much different. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, and I know you're from a small town. I'm from mm-hmm. a small town. Yeah. Um, but I grew up uh, with the, more in like the heavy metal side of things Mm. so it was about the guitar battles Mm. you know like who were the guitarists in my high school that were like the good guys that were like or not like they were great at what they at what they did right Mm. and that was kind of like you said with the time of like myspace where these new subgenres were starting to come out and uh, and people were picking them up faster because the access of information Mm. um was was much faster right so um it was like like that right you you go to these you know like high school like buddy parties right and it's like that guy's there and he has his guitar and it's like all right well i'm gonna I, i'm gonna bring mine too and you know, mm-hmm. let's see let's see wh- uh, who, who can do what with it yeah. right yeah um but yeah that's that's funny and um and same same thing with uh, like as a guitarist right you gotta hype the crowd yep. you know you gotta you gotta work uh, with what you have mm-hmm. and um and it's more about like the technical skill but also about um you know playing the emotion mm-hmm. um which <clears throat> i think is a little different from rap because um it's it's more structured in mm-hmm. the sense that uh you have to provide the message in a cadence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh i mean even when you're playing like in heavy metal like mm-hmm. you have you have your rhythms mm-hmm. um but i think there's a little bit more flexibility with the rhythms because as you're playing like you have to embellish your note or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what so it's yeah. it's 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 a different craft mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. but the same concepts yeah. you know yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, I, I just thought that was really interesting <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely I, I will say i will say this my growing up my dad was a poet yeah so books were everywhere in my household 
Books were everywhere. My dad always had shelves and shelves and shelves of books, self-development books, um, uh, um, personal empowerment books, um, poetry, different different styles of poetry. You yeah. know what I mean? We grew up, man, we grew up, me and my brother had already memorized Shakespeare's um, um, play on on Caesar. Okay. We already knew like like the scene when Caesar died, we, we me and my brother knew the whole thing in Shakespeare. So playing with words and looking at words and studying words and watching the way my dad wrote words was always something that was exciting to me. You know what I mean? Even now, bro, even now, I will learn a word or just be thinking about a word that, a, a word and I wonder where did the word where did the word super come from? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And then look up the etymology on that word and then see where it comes from and 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 how how that expands my vocabulary. You know what I mean? And people think it's don't don't think people think that that's trivial. I think that it's more than a hobby. I think that if more people would would take interest in how they communicate, mm-hmm. which you know, words are the ammunition for it. Right. Words yeah. are the ammunition, the bullets yeah. for for your gun called communication. Right? Absolutely. Um, if you were to expand your vocabulary, it actually opens your mind up to 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 so much more. You know, because now you can explain that feeling. Now you can explain what the problem is. Now you can now you can talk to somebody and share things mm-hmm. and mastermind, whereas previously you couldn't. Right. You know what I mean. So I think it also uh, allows you to expand uh, concepts, mm-hmm. like abstractions, conceptual things yep. um, that I guess put you in a position where you can learn differently or learn more effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I I kind of fell in love with that craft too because mm-hmm. um, in high school. Uh, again, being in a small town, like you had to have a language re- requirement in order to graduate. Mm-hmm. And the only thing they offered was Spanish and Latin. And I'm like, I, I hear Spanish every day at home. I don't want to like take a Spanish class. Mm-hmm. So I took Latin. Um, and in Latin, uh, you have to learn, you know, same thing like you would with any language class, you know, sentence structure, breakdowns, um, the, you know, uh, the, the history of that language and why those words are used, how they're used and, and all that stuff. But the thing that really fascinated me about the romance languages of, that came from Latin um, was how they diverged culturally, like Spanish became Spanish separate from Italian Mm -hmm. and Romanian and French and Portuguese, but they're all uh, at the very foundation based off of Latin. And, um, uh, it's just like, I can hear Spanish, I can hear Italian and I can kind of understand both. Mm -hmm. Um, because I know where that, those words came from Mm -hmm. and how they were used, why they were used. Um, and, and like when I, uh, my wife and I went to Rome, uh, a few years back, uh, well, we went to Italy. We spent a lot of time in Rome, but we kind of like the southern, the southern part on on the western coast. And um, it was just, I was geeking out, you mm-hmm. know. Like I'm walking around, seeing these monuments, and I'm like reading the inscriptions in Latin. And it's like, oh man, I know what that says. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like this thing was real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, to actually be there and 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 be in a place like the Colosseum that's been standing literally for thousands of years, mm-hmm. and and just kind of. Uh, bask in the in the knowledge of of knowing that these people way back when did something accomplished something with so very little 
and it's mm, like yeah. it, it's like it humbles you right yeah. it's like yeah what have i done <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure and, for sure uh, <clears throat> but going back to like the language uh, uh studying the languages um i find that fascinating because it gives it gives you insight to not just where the words came from mm-hmm. but understanding like cultural significance and and just from the language alone you learn about other people and their heritage and it kind of gives you a shift or perspective difference mm-hmm. um and and for me I, I, that's that's exciting mm-hmm. that's fun mm-hmm. yeah i i wish i had more time to put into that yeah, yeah. um uh, and and i want to you know i think uh, there's definitely um it could bring value and significance to future business opportunities mm-hmm. um but just for the sake of being able to say I can speak fluently multiple languages, I think that would be fun. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so got started, uh, very entrepreneurial minded coming out of high school and you were wanting to go into the rap career before mm-hmm. switching gears. Um, what happened next? Like you, mm-hmm. you, what was the first business you did? Like, how did you find out about, um, that business or uh we already talked about how you found out about wholesaling but mm-hmm. um like what what led you to learn more about those things so my biggest thing is i i, I always wanted to create a situation where i have a business and so i was introduced to wholesaling through the rich dad poor dad legacy robert kiyosaki program right mm-hmm. so <clears throat> that was the first time I had ever been introduced to the idea of even doing real estate. And it's through Robert Kiyosaki. Mm-hmm. So I pay the 500. I learn about the concept. Then I go back to YouTube and, and I'm, looking for, I'm looking for answers, right? How do I actually yeah. do this? Because I don't have $40,000 to spend. But I gotta, I'll got to make it happen. You know what I mean? I yeah. want to make it happen. So as I'm looking, of course, since I found out about it through Robert Kiyosaki, I typed his name in. I found out that he had a book, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and uh, and the, the Cash Flow Quadrant. Mm-hmm. So when I read Cash Flow Quadrant, which was right away, up to this point, I haven't even done a deal yet. <laughs> when I read Cash Flow Quadrant, I'm like, oh, that's crazy. There's four different ways to earn an income, right? Right. You can be an employee or exchange hours for dollars. You can be self-employed or run your own operation, but that, that operation revolves around you being there, right. which is most entrepreneurs, yeah. right? Or um, you can be a B, uh, or, which, is, which is a business owner who has a business that is an asset now right. because you're not exchanging time for it um, and you can leave it and it still operates without you. Right. Right. Um, and then you can be an I, which is an investor. Once you have that money, well, now what do you do with it? Yeah. You got it. You got to invest it and make that money work for you. So I'm like, I want to be an I as soon as possible. Right. So in order to do that, I'm not going to be an E. So I'm not going to be an employee. Uh, I've always had this bug, so this is how I satisfy it. Right now, I'm currently an S. Yeah, I'm, I'm a very big S. You know what I mean? Um, I think most people start that way. Yeah. So so um, and so I started learning through YouTube, and and that was that was kind of the beginning of this journey, like perfecting perfecting my business into a B, and so I can be an right. I. Yeah. Okay, so in your in your research and your exploration of of being uh, a business owner, getting started with business, um, 
like like anybody who's getting started with anything, there's going to be ups and downs. But yeah. what was the like light bulb moment that you knew this is the this is the avenue that you needed to pursue? Man, so up to this point, this is a this is this is a little over two years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is a little over two years ago. My wife and I moved from Chicago here because my mother had cancer. Okay. And I had a business I was running up there mm-hmm. and I was doing door to door sales, ki- killing it. I bought a company vehicle with a van and I would take my people out in the field and we would door knock, <laughs> right? And we were crushing it. So I had two, we had three vehicles in our name. Mom gets cancer, moved down here. We can't transfer our business. Business dies. We have no money. Living with my mom. Three repossessions, bro. Wow. Three repossessions. And I'm like, how can I make some money? I don't have, I, have a, I dropped out of high school, by the way. Mm. So I don't have any, I don't have any trades and I don't have any education. Yeah. So I've always, I've always gravitated towards, towards sales, right? Cause that's everybody's last resort. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but it, the thing is that I knew, I knew that. If I mastered this, if I mastered something in sales, that that I would crush it. So, I have already learned about rich dad, poor dad, and learned all that stuff. That was my situation. I got into selling mobile homes. I was doing very well. When I was selling mobile homes, I met a gentleman. This dude was thugged out. Right? I'm not gonna say his name. I'm not gonna say his name. This dude was thugged out, bro. Like Mexican, you know what I mean? He, he would always come in and he'd be like, "What's up, Aaron? <laughs> super cool, man. Super cool cat." And and he would he would love to flex his money, you know what I mean? So so we're we're doing sales and he was crushing it selling selling mobile homes. Uh-huh. I was doing well myself, but he would always talk about these wholesale deals that he was doing, and he was he was making stupid money, right? And uh, and so so I said, man, I wholesale too. Even though I I had not even done a deal, but I was like, I wholesale too, bro. So he's yeah, like, I think every wholesaler says that. <laughs> I'm <Right>? an investor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, I just, I needed to say it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, because that's what I identified with. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But but um, so so he he helped me out because he had a buyer's list. I would find deals. First deal that we did, I made seven hundred and fifty dollars. That's all I needed, mm-hmm. right? So it actually worked. I sourced a lead. I got it to somebody who who could give me a buyer, and 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 I got money. Yeah. And 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 so that that was just the proof of concept that I needed. Okay. Awesome. So for those of you guys who are watching that have never heard of wholesaling, have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> um, yeah. So in the. Uh, now, wholesaling in general is the concept where um, a it's a, essentially a middleman in the in the uh, process chain, the life cycle of a of a product um, that uh, sources whatever it is that the end buyer is looking for and acquires it at a lower price. So if you've ever heard of the wholesale price or wholesale discount, that's what it is. So for example, if you've ever shopped at Sam's Club or Costco, Mm -hmm. um, you're buying at near wholesale price instead of full retail price. So in the world of real estate, the way that translates is um, there's a property typically very distressed um, and the seller has some motivation to sell it for uh, well below retail market value. And so a wholesaler will get that property under contract. 
then reassign the rights of that contract to the end buyer, typically the investor, who's either going to fix it up and flip it or fix it up and rent it or do whatever they're, they're going to do, right? That's They have their investment strategies. They have their numbers. That's all the wholesaler does is act as the middleman to provide them the product that they are going to essentially acquire. Um, and in doing that, they charge a markup, so the wholesale fee. Um, and so for those of you who have never heard of wholesaling and never heard of uh, wholesale real estate, that's uh, in a nutshell how that works. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, if you guys want to learn more about that, um, I will put some information in the description uh, below. Um, and we, uh, I'll definitely link up Aaron. So if you have questions, reach out to him. Um, I work with a company called Hillco Homes based out of San Antonio. Um, they're a great, fantastic resource, but there are tons and tons of resources out there um, to help Help you learn about stuff like this. So yeah, definitely reach out and let us know. We're more than happy to answer any questions about that. Um, <clears throat> now, you got your aha moment and you figure out this is the thing that you got to pursue and, and make it work for you. Um, were there any particular individuals or like a company that you know influenced you or kind of uh, were, were like a guide or mentor that really you've you kind of gravitated to that helped you get into that sphere um there's a lot man i had a lot of influences i mean max maxwell following him on youtube bro mm-hmm. like that that was like proof that it could happen he documented his journey i felt like i was following him and and growing at a, at a much slower pace as 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 he was documenting, because I had I had already started, you know, I, I was starting like like a, a, I want to say two years after him, mm-hmm. so so his journey kind of helped me, and then I found out that he listened to something called wholesaling wholesaling Inc, mm-hmm. um, which is Tom Kroll, Cody Hoffine, right, right. Uh, based out of Utah and 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 California, I think, but uh, they're absolutely incredible. So I started listening to the, those podcasts. I wouldn't I would I wouldn't listen to music. You know what I mean? That's what I would listen to. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if I was if I was doing anything in in terms of entertainment, it was watching wholesaling stuff. Nice. When I when I first started wholesaling through this through this gentleman that I'm talking about, he introduced me to Swift Sell Home. Okay. Swift Sell Properties. Swift Sell LLC. Yeah. Which is Mitzi Diane. Um, so the first handful of deals, wholesale deals that I ever did were with Mitzi and Mitzi found the buyer. Okay. Right? So and I'm fortunate I'm fortunate to have done deals with her because she she is coming from the standpoint of mortgage because she was in she was in finance. She was right, in right. finance, the world of finance. So she has a very unique perspective of business, especially wholesaling. Yeah. And and she's good at what she does. So, so I, I saw, I, I saw a lot of benefit from that and to have somebody who was actually going to be honest with those deals. Cause I'll be honest, I'm a guppy. I, I, I was a guppy at the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you could have taken advantage of me, you know what I mean? In so many different ways. That first deal that, that we closed, um, it, it was, I only got cash. This wasn't with Mitzi. It was with someone else. Yeah, yeah. But that first deal that we closed, uh, they only gave me cash. So I mean, who knows? They may have, they may have made way more money uh, and just yeah. didn't tell me. It could have been that case. But but so so Swift Cell was 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 definitely a help. Um, being able to work with Hillco Homes, because by the way, we've only been in business like seventeen months now. Yeah, yeah. 
You know what I mean? So we're fortunate to have scaled as much as we have, despite all of the setbacks in business we've, you know, that have hit us over the past um, a yeah. little over a year. Yeah, well, it's like Will Smith says: you got you got to fail, fail a lot, and fail fast. Yep. You know yep. that way is basically you know law law of large numbers or law of averages. Yep. Yep. Um, it's it's a numbers game. It's you're going to fail eventually. Mm-hmm. Might as well get it out of the way all yep. up front, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Awesome. So, so, yeah. so when you were looking for um, not so much influence but guidance and mentorship, did you have a hard time finding that? I didn't, man, because it's all over. There's so many people who are trying to be your guru right now. In any space that you're going, guruship yeah. is not just a real estate related word, right? Like gurus uh, yeah. are everywhere. Yeah, gurus are everywhere. There's so and 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 the reason why they're everywhere is because there's a need for them. People are. They're hungry for something new. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and 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 I think that that's the case. And I feel like the college system, mm-hmm. the whole system of college, this is why entrepreneurship. By the way, this is why entrepreneurship is so important. But the whole way and style and method of educating people is so outdated. It's so so people are looking for education and they're looking for specialized education. So because yeah. of that. Right, um, you can be a guru in, in in anywhere. So I don't think it's hard to find a guru. It's it's just a matter of bet, vetting out. So so, um, my first the first guru that I hired was um, Joshua Gaiman, mm-hmm. right? And uh, man, he helped me scale my business, dude. He helped me scale my business. He and he also helped me. He put me in a position because it wasn't his fault. It was me. He put me in a position to make some good mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, that I learned from, um, but that also also benefited from in a major way. For example, he has a program called Cold Calling on Steroids. Okay, I've heard of it. Yeah, Cold Calling on Steroids. The premise of it is you um, you're doing ringless voicemails, mm-hmm. right? You can live answer them, and you're using a uh, um, a company called Message Communications. Okay. And you're doing high volume, man. The, the whole premise of cold calling on steroids is just like it sounds. It's doing high volume. So, I mean, we're in infancy as a business, right? As a company, we're, we're, we're in infancy. And I dropped five Gs on this education, right? So that's already a part, huge part of the And by the way, the business budget at this point, <laughs> the business budget is my bank account. Yeah. Right, so those of you who are like first start entrepreneurs, you understand, right? So my personal bank account is the holds the budget for the business. Horrible way to run a business. Yeah. If you're doing that, change today. Read a book called Profit First, or talk to talk to your, your tax <laughs> your tax consultant. Yeah, find a CPA. Yeah, it's find a CPA, but but that is not the way to do it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I dropped five G's on the education. And then the education called for me to purchase this software and all of the leads to feed it, mm. right? So long story short, we end up sending out like 40,000 ringless voicemails and, and in, in a day and, and we're, we're going through all of these, all of these leads are coming in, yeah. right? And um, we... We ended up not having any of our money. 
<laughs> all right, over the next month, right? Because we're trying to we're trying to facilitate all of these deals coming in. Right. Fortunately, this is why I say Joshua Gaiman's course helped me to make that mistake, but it was also a good platform. It was it was it was also a good course. Um, we benefited from it because like within two months, you know, our business like quadrupled. And it was like people were starting wow. to hear about us and, and, and people wanted to know how we were growing so fast. So, and and that's, that's because we were inefficient. We had no systems. We had, we had no nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, since, so, so Joshua Gaming was the first one. The second coach that we hired was... The second co- coach we hired was Brent Daniels. Okay, I've heard the TTP, name. With TTP. Yeah. Talk to People course. Oh, no, 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 no. Before that, it was Renatus. Okay. Renatus. I don't know if you've heard of Renatus. They, they are a very reputable company. They don't specialize in wholesaling. They specialize in, in, in real estate in general. Okay. Um, so we, we paid an <clears throat> arm and a leg for that, and then, and then I paid for the Talk to People course. So each one of them has, has helped us to, to kind of um, perfect some things, you know, yeah. to turn this into a business. Okay. I mean that. Um, <clears throat> I know everybody has their their journeys, and, yeah. and everybody has their story. Um, like personally, for me, like it's it, uh, it's been very different, a, a very different experience. Like growing up, I wanted to be an astronaut. Like mm-hmm. that was my thing. You know, I I had wanted to um, you know build stuff, make stuff. Um, I, I started off when the astronaut thing, right? But then I was thinking, um, why not design? Because I wanted to, you know, make stuff. I wanted to design better uh, spacesuits for astronauts, and then I was thinking um, that same technology could be applied for other purposes. You know, maybe combat armor for protecting soldiers, or um, you know, homeostatic suits for individuals that have health issues. You know, maybe uh, you know. And, and there's been a lot of work recently mm-hmm. on stuff to, for helping people with mobility issues um, and and designing exoskeletons for that. That's what I wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. So I went to college and I was going to do that. But my my first introduction to business was actually through an engineering program, uh, a summer program that was here in San Antonio. And I had this idea of building combat armor, an exoskeleton combat armor. And I approached the site director for that program and I said, hey, I have this idea. Um, I have no idea about how to go about with patents. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what needs to be done, what research I need to do, how to approach this. And he said, first things first, you don't have patents. Create a business and uh, assign the, the ideas that you have to that business so that it belongs to the business. Mm-hmm. So if anybody steals it, it's now considered stealing uh, like proprietary information from a business mm-hmm. um, and not you know, an individual idea because it's not protected by a patent. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like my aha moment. Mm-hmm. I was like, the business itself can do what I can't do. Mm-hmm. And I needed to find a way to make that business work for me. Um, uh, but I still went along that route. You know, I, I obviously, you can't be an engineer without knowing how to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. went to school, got the degree. Um, but out, after college, 
Um, first job was a lab manager. Mm. Um, funding dried up, so they cut the position. Mm. Um, and then after that, I was basically unemployable. Mm. Like, I couldn't find work anywhere. Mm. Um, I had a degree in biology and a degree in engineering. I would apply to an engineering company, and they say, oh, you're more of a biologist than an engineer. Like, mm. we, we can't hire you. Mm. I go to a research firm. They're like, oh, you're more of an engineer than a biologist. <laughs> we really can't hire you. Mm. Um, so I had to pick up a bunch of odd jobs, and that was kind of like... I was forced into entrepreneurship and I, I always knowing in the back of my mind that that's eventually what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but then being forced into that position where, um, like I had no other choice, you know, I either make it work or I, I, I there's nothing left of me. All right. Like can't pay bills. Can't, can't live anywhere. Like I had to do something. So mm -hmm. I pursued, uh, uh, a business and because I was in that situation, having no money, you know, just like, like you said, getting started, yep. like how, how do you get that money first so that mm -hmm. you can go find uh, the resources? Mm -hmm. um, I, I really took to heart what Robert Kiyosaki said about, um, you know, trading something of value in exchange for education. Mm -hmm. And that's what I, that's how I found my mentors. I would go to people who, um, you know, had done what I wanted to do. And I would say, look, I'll, I'll work for you for free. Mm -hmm. I just I just want have a bunch of questions. If you can teach me, show me what I need to do. Um, like I'll be out of your hair, mm. but I will work for you for free. And I did that in a couple of cases, you know, which looking back was kind of like, you know, Hey, I probably should have asked for something, yeah. you know, yeah. put some value on myself. Um, but I mean, it was a, at the time, that's what I needed to do. You mm. know, I had no, no leverage, no negotiation ability. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and finding, people who were willing to work with me because, um, not everybody does, mm -hmm. not everybody wants to take you under, under your wing. Um, and that's being exposed and working in the wholesale real estate industry. Um, that's very common. Everybody mm -hmm. wants to be a wholesaler outside of their regular job, or maybe they're in a situation where that's all they can do is mm -hmm. be wholesalers and don't know what to do. So they reach out to these gurus, right? Yep. Um, and, and, and I think that's kind of where there's, issues with the industry but at the same time it's like um there are people out there that say yeah, i'm not going to take you serious i don't know who you are you know mm -hmm. um and, and that i don't ever want to be in a position where if someone asks me to learn from me to tell them no because i was in that position mm -hmm. you know um so it, it's uh, it's just it, it's interesting for me to hear like people's journey into into being in business because like I said, everybody has a different story yeah. and, you know, mine is, I, I guess a little unique because I went kind of the both routes at the mm -hmm. same time. You yeah. know, I went to college, I got mm -hmm. the degree, you know, paid, paid the money for that. Uh, but I also went into business mm -hmm. and at, at the point where I'm at now, it's like, um, it's kind of, uh, not laughable, but it's just, it's, it, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything of what I originally <laughs> thought I was yeah. going to be doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, when, when it comes to, uh, the, the business, um, there were often times where I felt like, is this the thing I need to be doing? Mm -hmm. Or is this right for me? Did you ever feel that, like that was the case for you? Like, did you ever have that level of self doubt that it was like, maybe I should try something else? Yeah, for sure, man. I felt that all the time. I felt that all the time, especially, especially first getting started because if you don't have the proof of concept yet then the level of faith 
that it's going to take place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're, you're in, you have to invest up front. You know what I mean? Yeah. That, that's the thing. That's the difficult thing about being an entrepreneur. You have to invest up front without having seen the consequence. I mean, the result. So that, that was when it was you know, m- most difficult. But every time I've grown in business, that question comes up again. Because I, I love the way Patrick B. David said it. He, he said, like you remember in Mario... You know, they had different levels, right? Yeah, yeah. And you work so hard to conquer this one level, right? Then it takes you to the next level. And all of a sudden, it's like, dang, this level's really, really hard. I freaking hate this level, right? But that's the game. Yeah. That's how the game is designed. The game is designed so that every level you go to gets increasingly more difficult. So, everybody wants to graduate to the next level but nobody wants to tackle bigger problems you know yeah. um, whereas the whole <clears throat> game is as you graduate there's there's going to come more problems and every every time those new set of problems comes in that voice is going to come back right that's how it works the voice is going to come back can i do this the thing is once you've accomplished and you've and you've you're starting to progressively graduate to higher and higher levels you get to look back on more and more proof right and say yeah we can we've we've every time we've come to a plateau and we've broken past that comfort zone we've always thought we've always felt this way and we've always gone through it or or we've learned something from right, it right. so all right ne- next level let's go yeah and know? i think that's the unique thing about being in business as an entrepreneur again all you're doing is problem solving. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's a new set of problems, yeah. but like you said, you're kind of like leveling up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're coming into it with experience from similar situations, so it's not entirely new. It's just different. Yeah. Um. And and, and I think that's that's you know a really unique thing about being an entrepreneur, um, and that's kind of why I went to the into the consulting space because. Like I have all this experience from a wide variety of industries that I've either worked in or built a business in. And I, I recognize that at the fundamental level for a business, for an entrepreneur, um, a lot of the problems are all the same. And I've, I, when that kind of clicked on me, I was like, this is what I need to do. Like mm-hmm. I can help any business because the fundamentals don't change. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, there's always going to be moments where you, you have that self-doubt, you know, because you haven't done it before. Um, but <clears throat> what about the, 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 the self-doubt in the eyes of a loved one? Like, mm. like, ha- like having to tell my wife that uh, I'm going to be making X amount of dollars in the, ne- uh, in the next six months because I'm, I'm starting this thing. It's going to work. And, and then now you have the pressure to, <laughs> to perform. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, what about like, what's your experience with that? Like telling a parent or telling a wife or, or mm. you know, children or, you know, anybody that's close to you that this is what I'm doing now. And you know, their response like, yeah. Um, so I think that with all of my sales experience, I can sell my idea. You know what I mean? I can sell my vision. I can cast my vision. I've, I, 
I've never really felt self-doubt from a really close loved one because I sell my idea. You know what I mean? So I could I could have just come come off of a very bad failure. <laughs> you know what I mean? In my business because I failed multiple multi-level marketing businesses. Yeah. And it was my fault. You know what I mean? For whatever reason. But every failure I felt leveled me up. You know, and and so whenever I had something that I was excited about, mm-hmm. I present my case to myself first because I got to sell myself on it first. Yeah. Can I do this? Um, is this something I can be passionate about? Is this something that I can be consistent with? Can I do the things necessary to be successful here that the successful people are doing? If I answer yes to all of those things um, and it's in harmony with my standards, um, this feeds into the greater vision, my greater purpose. If I can answer yes to all those things, I'm sold. And so that's what I'm presenting to my loved ones. So I, I've never really had loved ones who, who didn't really believe in me. They've mm. always they've always believed in me. The key for me was once I said it, I got to do everything in my power now to make sure that it happens. Yeah. Because I don't want to go back to them and be like, man, I know I gave you that crazy good presentation, but but yeah, it, you know, turns out X, Y, and Z, and I have to come <laughs> up with excuses. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like that. But I think that also come that that speaks volumes about your sales skills because mm-hmm. in sales, part of it is setting the expectation. Mm-hmm. And like at least in my case, you know, talking to my wife and saying, "Mate, look, I'm going to start this business. This is what I'm going to do. Um, it could be profitable. Mm-hmm. You know, blah blah blah." But the reality is, I'm going to fail a lot. Mm-hmm. And nothing's going to happen for maybe a month or two. Mm-hmm. So we have to be prepared for that mm-hmm. and, you know, be on the same page on, on all those things. And, and I think that the the communication, you know, being able to convey uh, that that message and that expectation is essential in, in those kinds of partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, it, you know, speaking of the of the partnerships you know you you share those things you know you share the successes you share the failures mm-hmm. but when when you got started what were your biggest fears getting started and and i mean i i know like if i told my wife like this is what i want to do mm-hmm. she would have told me like i'm not comfortable with that or, mm-hmm. you know this is this is my my concern or my my fear about it um but in your particular situation or, or, you know, looking back when you got started, uh, what, what were your biggest fears? The biggest fear getting started was Napoleon Hill writes about this. He, he says that there are only six basic fears and every fear you can think of falls within six of one of these six categories. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's like the fear of death, the fear of ill health, the fear of poverty, the fear of criticism, the fear of whatever. But for me, it was the fear of poverty. So my thing was, am I going, if I believe in myself, I'm going to, so, so I I had learned how this works. I got to a point where I had saved up some money from my sales position in Mm -hmm. my sales position because I want to be an entrepreneur. And I knew that I couldn't be working. I could not be working 18 hours a day, six days a week just to make it. That yeah. makes no sense. I have a greater purpose than that. Right. Entrepreneurship, here I come. So I had I had saved up like I think I had like nine or ten G's or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, what if I were to dump the majority of this money into a marketing campaign? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was like, if I do that. 
what if I don't get a return? You know what I mean? But then I start thinking to myself, if I think like that, then I'm never going to do it. You know what I mean? I know it can be done. I've already done a couple deals. Yeah. I know that I can't stay here because I'm not happy here at this sales position. And it's not going to feed into my purpose and vision. I have the money. Why not just take the money, dump it into the business, live off of the remaining amount, and just grind like crazy mm-hmm. till my first deal pops. You know what I mean? So what was that switch that flipped that made you take that step? Because that that's that's a fear for a lot of people. It a is. Lot the fear of, of poverty. The fear of poverty. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not – I mean that is a fear. And I think that's what motivates a lot of people to go into their own business. Mm -hmm. But like you said, like you have that little cushion of money and you could use it for marketing, but what if it fails? You know, like what, what if that doesn't work or what if you use it the wrong way and then it doesn't turn out the way you you thought it would or that you, the way you hoped it would. Um, but you do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Like what is that, that switch that, that you flipped to go ahead and do it versus hold back and and not do it. it it's two things it's two things i hated where my life was at that time i did mm. not want to be at that place anymore yeah. i was not comfortable anymore right so there's that that was the it stings my life stings it hurts to be in this life right yeah so and it wasn't i say sting because it wasn't life or death i could have lived there i could have made good money but I was not happy. And right. so I want to be, I want to be excited about my life. You know what I mean? I want to, I yeah. want to feel fulfilled. I want to be doing the stuff that I want to be doing. I've always been that way. And that's why the lion is, is everything to me. Right. Um, so that, that's one thing I want to be doing what I want to do. And I don't want to, I don't, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. <laughs> I don't want to ask people's permission to be places. Mm. And I don't mean that to be rebellious. I don't mean that, it, but but there's certain things. If I want to go see my mom, I'm going to go see my mom. If I want to call my mom, I'm going to call my mom. Yeah. If I want to be in my ministry, I'm going to be in my... I'm not going to ask somebody's permission for things that are... For me, it's amazing to me that you can... Everybody has their top five things that they value in life, mm-hmm. right? It, it may be their religion. It may be their standards. It may be their relationship. It may be their parents. It may be their family. So you have these things that you value, maybe your relationship with God, there may be these things that you value in life and you are at times off, off, asked to compromise your, the, the time you spend with those things or, mm, you know, right. achieving those things, whether it's a hobby or whatever the case, because you have to make money and the person who's paying you is telling you during this time to this time, I need you here. Um, and, and you cannot go there during that time. You can't do this during that time. That sounds too much like slavery to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not saying it's bad. Not yeah, all yeah. slave owners were bad. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? You had some good slave owners that they did. They, they took care of their people. They fed them True. well. They didn't, True. they didn't rape them. They didn't do bad things to them. You know, not just in American slavery, but slavery all over, right? The Romans and Greeks, you had good slave owners. That's fine if you like that. I am. I cannot subscribe to that. 
I need to be doing what I'm doing whenever I create my schedule. So that's a thing in my personality that I'm like, I, and, and I was feeling. Dude, I'm the exact same way, man. <laughs> um, so, so about three years ago, I was working for an investment company, you know, a real estate investment company. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I, I came to be uh, you know, decent friends with the CEO. And uh, when he hired me, it was I was actually working for them as a consultant uh, originally. You know, I was there to design their CRM, build out their uh, processes and workflows for the entire company. And then he found out I had sales experience, that I was an investor myself, that I had my own businesses. And he was like, well, why don't you get into real estate? You know, why haven't you done that yet? And I was like, I don't have a mentor. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, why don't you work for the company? And I was like, are you going to be my mentor? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, yeah, if you work for the company. So that was kind of the, that was really the, the driving motivation for yeah. being an employee yeah. there. Because, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. because there was additional value that yeah. I could take take away from it. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. But um, when he when he hired me for the 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 position there, it was a sales position. You know, I was going to be interacting with the investor clients, driving that side of the business, both domestic and international markets. And he was like, "I need someone who is entrepreneurial because." You need, you need to have sales skills to do this and you need to think outside of the box and I need entrepreneurial people for that. So that's why I, I want you, Mike. And I was like, okay, great. And I remember we were having a conversation. It was like the annual like employee reviews, right? And I'm sitting with him and, and the manager for the department and, and they were just going through the checklist, right? And he's like, you know, Mike, you're not really a good employee. And I was like, yeah, I know you hired an entrepreneur. If you wanted an employee, you should have hired an employee. Mm. And he was like, fair enough. <laughs> and, and, and ever since that conversation, I, I, I think about that and I was like, you know, um, I'm just not employable. That's yeah, just, yeah, the, yeah. that's just the bottom, the, the bottom line. Yeah. I mean, sure. I can work a job if I need a job. Mm-hmm. I've done it in the past mm-hmm. and I'm not afraid to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and for those of you who are watching, like, if you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to start your own business, you don't have to jump in full force a hundred percent. Like it's, it's okay to hold down a part-time job or a full-time job or three part-time jobs while building a business. Mm-hmm. You know, like if that's your comfort, if, if you have to take care of, of you and your family in that way until you get to a point where your, your business's income can replace that income, by all means do what, what works for you. Um, but for, for some people, I guess like you and I, we're just not employable. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and just to clarify, that's exactly what I did. And I, and I worked really hard at my job. It's not even a nine, a nine to five. It was more like an eight to nine. You know what I mean? I was grinding. Yeah. But I also had a, a greater purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, which was to save that money, invest that money. You know what I mean? So, so, so that was the first thing, which was I... I I could not be employed, right? I, I, my, I was, there was a sting, there was a pain, there was an anger, something that I was angry with. Um, and the next thing was I wanted to be able to, to, to be able to, to, to live the lifestyle that I want. I wanted to create a business that would allow me to live the lifestyle that I want and, and focus on my purpose. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? yeah. So the fear was if I, if I go out and do this, will it fail? And and then maybe maybe I'll be stuck at a job forever. You know what I mean? And I will never be able to live the lifestyle that I want. So you know, I had that fear too. Um, 
my fear was was being stuck at a job. It still is my my one of my bigger fears. Like I'm more afraid of having a job than I am of being broke. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, can I just piggyback on that, yeah, bro? Yeah. B- by the way, after that investment, there have been multiple times where I have been broke, my business has been broke, and the worst is when they're when you're both are broke at the same time, right? Yeah. I'd rather be broke and my business have money, and then I'm like, okay, cool, you know what I mean? We have, we still have, you know, resources to 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 to, to build and grow, but we've we've gone broke multiple times. Never once, never once, I kid you not, I am not exaggerating, have I said, maybe I should even dabble with the idea of going back to a job. It's like, let's ride this out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I, I agree with you a million percent. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one of the things about that, though, is for me, um, you know, being an analytical person, it was about weighing the risks and options, right? The, ri- the risk-reward ratios. And for me, it's like, I can go into business. If I fail, I can always go back to a job. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But, yeah, yeah. you know, it, and I can start again and just repeat until I, I meet that success. Yep. Um, but the other thing, too, was um, finding a job in the meantime while I build a business because I had no income from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to work smarter instead of harder. And I found jobs that allowed me to work on my business, mm-hmm. you know, so, mm-hmm. um, I actually picked up a, uh, I became a security guard, a, a armed security guard, and I was working in the oil fields mm-hmm. and I specifically chose that job because I know that on those 12 hour shifts, I may be getting two hours, three hours mm-hmm. of actual, like I have to stand up and go, you know, log information for the job, mm-hmm. but the rest of that shift, I had eight to nine hours that I could just sit there and work on my laptop, building websites, marketing on, fa- on social media, doing the things I needed to do to build the infrastructure for my business mm-hmm. while I'm getting paid to do this other job. Yeah. And, you know, I, 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 at one time I was a, a pizza delivery guy mm-hmm. and while I'm driving, doing deliveries, I'm doing phone calls in my car. Mm. I'm calling people, you know, touching base with clients, finding out what's next, following up with leads. Um, and then <clears throat> I also, for a short period of time, um, I worked as a tutor at the, one of the local community colleges. I tutored physics and, uh, and engineering. And um, it's a small college. So the average, like, time I actually spent tutoring, there was maybe one student every other day. Mm. So I'm just sitting there in tutoring lab around computers what what else can i do work on my business yeah and that's what i did and i i worked on my business to the point where i could leave all three of those jobs at the same time and and there's there's like there's no shame in in having a job and, no and not at all at man it. not but at all like yeah. if, it's part of the hustle if, it's part if of the i had up. to go back i would look for a job that allows me to get paid for that job but also work on my business at the same time yeah and that's exactly what I was doing at my sales position because I had my own little office. I was I was running my leads. In between those leads, I'd be calling my wholesale leads. And that allowed me to stack up a little change where I could invest. Yeah. Um and I figured if I could invest, if I could make this little bit of money super super part-time at this job, yeah. then if I invested it and went full time. Imagine what I could do. So it was just like the you know the, the the fear was there, but mitigating that risk with past successes, 
by saying there's past successes that I've hit. And then also, if I fail, I'm betting on myself. Right. You know what I mean? So I'd rather bet on myself than anything or anyone else, you know? Yeah. So would you say that in your current situation that you, as an individual, are happy? Oh, my God. I am so happy with my life. I'm so happy with my life right now. And, I, and I'm afraid to say that because I'm just waiting for the other shoe to fall. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, so what's the next challenge that's going to happen? You know what I mean? What's the next challenge? And I made a post about this the other day that I'm, for, I'm trying to force failure now. Whether that failure means... We have these resources. How can we utilize these resources and, and, and make ourselves uncomfortable again? Mm-hmm. And do it smart, right? Be Mitigate the risk. Be smart. You know, I don't want to do the spaghetti against the wall method anymore. But, but um, how can we put ourselves in an uncomfortable position again? And I think this, can I talk about the lion? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let me, let me yeah. put that in context though. So for those of you who are watching, one of the things um, I'm going to be doing with this show is uh, every time I have a guest, um, I'm using a backdrop because this wall is pretty boring without anything on it. Um, I decided I wanted to have a picture frame with something in it. But I thought, wouldn't it be cool if this picture changes every single time I have a guest? Hmm. So I've decided that the picture is going to be related to something about the guest. And I talked to Aaron about this and he was like, dude, I love the idea. I need a lion. I was like, okay. Um, first of all, I don't have any pictures of lions, so I have to find one. And I actually, I I went through like three Goodwills. uh, (laughs) I didn't know that. And and then I I went, where else did I go? I, I think I went to a Walmart and then to a Target and then I, uh, I, I stopped at Hobby Lobby because my wife wants to do some like Harry Potter costume for Halloween. And she asked me to pick up a dowel rod. And I was, I was over there in Hobby Lobby. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to check out the posters. So I walked by and I saw this. And I was like, this is perfect. This is, this is uh, like a proud, powerful lion. But it's so colorful and energetic. <laughs> it's just like Aaron. It's like, I got to get it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That, okay, so, that is awesome. So I, I put in context. You can you can, you can continue. Yeah, yeah. So so I, I think this is where the the mindset of the lion comes in, right? Because betting on yourself, um, betting on yourself co- goes back to the fundamental reasons why I appreciate the lion. That's the connection. That's mm-hmm. the connection. Um, I think the lion is a major source of encouragement to every human because humans need to feel a measure of power, right? We, as a human, if you, if, you are un, if you are unable to influence others mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, that's the epitome of depression, Right? People right. want influence. And, and and understand what I'm saying here. I'm not saying don't associate influence with negativity. A parent has to um, have a level of influence if they're going to raise their child according to their standards. Right. Right? Um, a business owner has to be able to influence his employees and partners and, and vendors that he works with to believe in his vision, to believe in him. So that they'll invest their time, their energy, and resources. Right. Right. Um, if you're the if you're the friend in the circle that that nobody ever listens to, you're gonna feel some kind of way. You know, you want yeah. some sort of influence on people. the The king is the is is the one who 
he he presides with influence. Influence is a part of his very nature. Right. Right? So what is it that makes the lion the king of the jungle? And this is why I say that every human should take in uh, um, um, can 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 take something from from the lion. Be encouraged by the lion. The lion is not smarter, the smartest animal in the jungle. Mm-hmm. He's not the tallest animal in the jungle. He's not the fastest in the jungle. He's not the heaviest and biggest in the jungle, right? So we know that he's not smarter than the monkey. He can he will never be as creative and smart and intelligent as the monkey and adaptable as the monkey. He'll never be as tall as the giraffe. He'll never be as fast as the cheetah. He'll never be as big as the elephant. Mm-hmm. But when he shows up, they run. Right? Yeah. When he shows up, they run. Why is that? Well, it's because of the way he thinks. It's because of the way he thinks. For example, the lion, when he approaches the safari out in the open and he sees the elephant, he knows the elephant can crush him with one swift blow to the head, right? Mm-hmm. But what does he think when he sees the elephant? Lunch. Yeah. All right? And the elephant knows that he could crush the elephant. But uh, I'm sorry. The elephant knows he can crush the lion. But what does he think when he sees the lion? He says, danger. Right? All right. So let's take it a little bit deeper than that. Right? So we know that the spirit or attitude of kingship and influence and power <clears throat> starts with thinking. Right. Where does that come from? Well, the thinking comes from his belief. He believes a certain way. He believes he's king. He believes he deserves respect. He believes that he believes that whenever he shows up, people should run and or be eaten. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that's how he thinks. So that's how he acts. Right? right? And so it's the same with us humans. Right? We don't have to be the smartest. We don't have to be the richest. We don't have to be the, any of the things that maybe um, people in society would have you believe is necessary to be Elon Musk, to be Jeff right. Bezos, to be um, whatever whatever it is that you want to be. Right? You don't have to be starting off that way. You just have to believe that you can. Right? But you have to actually believe. That's yeah. the catch. Yeah. You gotta you gotta actually believe because. Um, it, once you believe, right, which it becomes a part of the subconscious, it becomes part of how you identify yourself, then it affects the way you think and your thinking impacts your action. Right. So, illustration of how this works, right? Illustration of how this works. Zig Ziglar, he talked about an experience where a gentleman had been listening to his tapes and videos about how to change your inner self, change your beliefs, change your things like that. By the way, this man was way overweight. Okay? Super, super obese. Yeah. Okay? And he hears Zig talk about this whole idea of your belief system. How your belief system and what you believe about yourself and how you identify and this picture of yourself that you have on the inside affects your thinking. Your thinking impacts your actions. Your actions create results, right? New concept for him. And... Zig Ziglar is saying that if you could start talking to yourself different, even if you, if you believe a certain way, if you start talking to yourself different, that eventually you'll start believing right. how you're talking to yourself. Right. That's how to change. That's how to have actual change in life and, and to change your Absolutely. thinking and change your results. Right. So 
he starts doing it and he starts saying so he goes out he buys a suit that is way um smaller than than his size right, right? the yeah. per, the per, and then the person is like are you buying this for a family member <laughs> are you the person is like laughing when when they say oh i'm buying it for myself he says i'm buying it for himself and so he starts telling himself i am this size right i i am this way even though he's obviously not in the real world he is he's starting to train his belief system then this crazy thing happened, right? And this goes back to the spirit of the lion, his his belief system, his thinking, his actions. He's at a, he's in a grocery store. Little kid, and he's in one of the aisles. Little kid and mommy pushing the shopping cart, walking past. Little kid says, mommy, look at that fat man right there, right? And the mom is so embarrassed. She puts her hand over the baby's mouth, does everything except for smack the baby, right? She's like, don't, yeah. do not do that. And the gentleman himself, he's looking around for the fat person. And then he realizes, oh, that fat person's him, right? He bursts out into laughter and then, you know, a tear. Not because he's sad that the kid called him fat. He was, he was, he was proud of himself because he didn't know who this fat guy was the, the kid was talking about. In other words, yeah. he realized... I don't identify as a fat person anymore. And so that tear wasn't a tear of sadness. It was a tear of, holy, this is working, right? And, it was, he, and, the, and then his story goes like this. He says, at that moment, I realized the weight was gone. Because I didn't identify any longer as a fat person. And sure enough, every month, every quarter, every year, he, he lost more weight. And then he, he decided to do these things with other things. He went back to school. He ended up starting a business. They started a whole, a whole non-for-profit thing. And his life is like amazing now. But I think that that comes back to the lion, right? All the disadvantages you can think of in the animal kingdom, right? Some natural advantages, just like all of us humans. Yeah. We all have some natural advantages. He has some natural advantages, but right. all the disadvantages that you could use as an, that he could use and say, why would the monkey obey me? Right? He's smarter than me. Yeah. Right? Why would the cheetah, why would the elephant, why would the elephant obey me? You know what I mean? Um, and, and so that, that's the whole mindset behind it. Nice. And, and I try to implement that in my whole, and in, in, in my own life because it goes back to fears insecurities questioning can i do this questioning can i ask this person for this money should i make this offer can i run a business can i be successful nobody in my business has ever done it right um the spirit of the of the lion for me is like i have no excuse you know what i mean yeah 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 no that that's fantastic that's amazing um so we're pretty much at the end of the of this uh, mm-hmm. this conversation mm-hmm. with that said what's next What's next for you? I mean, we've talked about how you got started, but you got to get started on the next step. Yeah. And what are you going to pursue? And and with that, um, I'll I'll go ahead and like open it up for you, so you can promote your business, your mm-hmm. your brand, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. You got you got your your little uh, spotlight here. So mm-hmm. go ahead. What what's next, and what do you want to what what do you want to promote? Um, in terms of what I want to promote, I have I have a podcast that you have been a part of. Um, and, and we're still working on getting all those scrubbed to new platforms so that people can, can hear these in succession. Um, but, but the, the podcast is huge for me because it it allows me to be able to, um, to, to take the successes of other people and allow, similar to what you're doing here. Right. So, so the brand, building the brand, empowering entrepreneurs, that's something that I want to continue to do. 
But in terms of what's next, I'll be honest with you. I want to I want to build a business that allows me to build um, more businesses. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I'm doing, man. Yeah. That's yep. C&M Integrity Holdings is a holding company. Yep. Um, and that's kind of how I got started with it because, um, like, like you know, I have multiple businesses, small ventures, and I needed a better way to manage them. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a, a – the way that I am as a CEO of my company – I'm going to make my company CEO of all of my other businesses yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm going to build a team to run those businesses for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and long-term goal is I'm just going to keep adding as many as I can, yeah, yeah. um, around the things that I'm passionate about. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Otherwise, you know, it's, it's going into business for the sake of, of money or for the sake of business just to do it. Um, that's not really that fun. I mean, yeah. for me, yeah, I enjoy like the thrill of the hunt, Yeah, yeah, yeah. but when I catch that game, what am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. You know, like I want to be passionate about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's awesome, man. So again, guys, Aaron Bevins here with the millennial entrepreneur. Um, I'm going to put uh, links to social media, all of his other stuff. You can follow him. Um, I mean, a lot of great content. Like he said, he has a podcast, um, you know, great, great conversations are there too. And um, yeah, that's uh, uh thanks for watching thanks for being on here and aaron thanks for for joining me i appreciate it mike thank you man